guys, and welcome to the Content Creators of Color podcast challenge. I'm Jen, and I am here with FPL Levi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. FPL Levi with the Forefront Radio, appreciative of being a part of the Content Creators of Color and giving great insight to uh, our history according to the Bible. Yes. And so today we are going to talk about two recent historic decisions, which overturned prior decisions, which were largely based on racial biases or white supremacy, if you will. So the first story is about Bruce's Beach and Bruce Beach is in California. And so in a historic making move, the governor, Gavin Newsom, has authorized the return of the property known as Bruce Beach back to the descendants of a Black couple who were run out of the Manhattan Beach almost a century ago. And so they signed a bill into law last week. But I wanted to give the historical reference of the couple, the Black couple who own this property. So back in uh, the story of Bruce Beach begins actually with the Tongva. And the Tongva were a group of indigenous people from California. And so they had the land first. All right. And so in 1912, Willa Bruce purchased the property for $1,225 for the first two lots, along with the strand between 26th and 27th streets. Her husband, Charles, worked as a dining car chef on the train running between Salt Lake City and LA. And so Willa ran a popular lodge, cafe, and dance hall, providing Black families a way to enjoy the weekend on the coast. And many refer to this area as Bruce's Beach. And many more Black families were drawn to this community, and they bought their cottages right along the sea there. But the Bruces and their guests faced years of threats and harassment from white neighbors. The Ku Klux Klan purportedly set fire to a mattress under the main deck and torched the Black-owned home nearby. So when racism failed to drive out the Bruce's Beach community out of town, the city officials in 1924 condemned the neighborhood and seized more than two dozen properties through eminent domain. And so eminent domain is where you know, the city or the government can come and take your private property and, you know, and take it. And so that's what happened to them. And so the reason they gave them was an urgent need for a public park. As a result, for decades, the property sat empty. So I find that really interesting and striking that they, you know, forced them out of town mm-hmm. and closed the business down and the property sat for decades empty. And so the Bruce's too oceanfront parcels were transferred to the state in 1948 and then to the county in 1995, all those years. And the remaining lots, city officials eventually returned them into a pretty park overlooking the sea. And so now um, a lawmaker, you know, was going through the books and recognized what happened and 
has decided, you know, to right this wrong. And so that's where the Senate Bill 796 came about, which is going to give the property back to the descendants of the Bruce family. So um, this story just came about the other day and I just really was surprised and shocked by it, but really quite interesting. What do you think about that, Levi? So this is another story of a disturbing lesson in American history. And what's um, a common factor is this always happens to Black and Indigenous populations. You don't hear of these situations happening to uh, Chinese people or Arab people. They always happen to the children of Israel. If you recall, uh, Amber Ruffin did a story about Black communities who were uh, proposedly flooded or removed from their homes. And they in turn turned those properties into lakes and parks and other things. It was like a viral video that came out a couple of uh, months ago, fairly recent. So they've been doing this for a long time. This is not something new. This is something where they have a vested interest in stealing land and property when God actually condemns this. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, let's look at, for example, and I'm going to go real quick because I know we have uh, uh, we're kind of pressed for time. Let's look at the uh, blessings and the curses that would happen to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 states this, but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, what we're talking about happening to black and brown people are generational curses. Mm -hmm. One of them is cursed shall thou be in the city, meaning no matter what city we go through all across the world, curses would end up happening. And this is a situation of a curse that occurred where this uh, couple had property they legitimately owned and they were able to get moved or pushed out due to quote unquote, eminent domain. And for those that don't know the definition of eminent domain, like you said briefly, it's a quote unquote right that a government claims to have as uh, or its agent to expropriate private property for public use, basically stealing private property for alleged public use. Sometimes they give them compensation for it. They're supposed to, they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Most of the time, they don't. Like when they yeah. kicked the Native Americans out of their land and they said, we're going to put you on reservations. They basically took them out of good, rich land mm-hmm. and put them in the bathroom of the country, okay? Mm. Or put them in deserts or put them in places that were unsavory for human uh, life. Here's yeah. another example. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 30. Thou shalt betroth a wife and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, meaning own property, own land, and thou shalt not dwell therein. This is a generational curse that only happened to the children of Israel. This is proof that the Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans are the children of Israel, according to the Bible. During slavery, did we not build houses and they took it from us? And even after slavery, this occurred in the 1915s and onward, where we had legitimate property that we own, but it was stolen from us. It was taken without a cause and then just like you read in the article they didn't even they didn't even do anything with the lot they just was like nah we don't want you negroes living here Mm. we don't want you staying here 
And guess what, what God says about that? Because this is written all throughout the Bible. It says in Jeremiah chapter uh, 22, verse 13, woe unto him, meaning destruction unto him that builds his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong. Did America not build and establish its houses all across the country through unrighteousness and his chambers, meaning his dwelling places by wrong? Yes, they did. Then it says that uses his neighbor's service without wages. Think about that for a second, that the, God is saying destruction to the nation that uses his neighbor's service, servitude, slavery without wages. Did that happen to black people in America? Yes, they did. And give him not for his work. So even now to this day, they don't pay us for the amount of work that we do, the labor, the construction. They only pay us minimum wage, minimum, just okay. a small amount. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so that means the Bible is a true book. Another example of that can be found in Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, where God is basically telling you that this is a prophecy that's going to happen for us to read it out of the Bible and finally make sense of it. He wants it to be plain. Watch this. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, meaning give the prophecies, proclaim the prophecies. And make it plain upon tables, meaning write it down in a book, document it, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision, meaning the prophecy, is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Meaning the prophecies we're reading out of this book is the complete utter truth. The truth of the matter is that we are the children of Israel, according to the Bible. These atrocities did happen to us, and the way of redemption is available to us as well. Watch this. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 9, going into the white man stealing land, stealing property, stealing houses, setting up their own ways, which is evil. Watch this. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 9. Woe to him, that coveteth an evil covetousness to his house. So God is saying destruction to those that have a covetous, an unlawful desire to take things. God calls this an evil covetousness, okay? And then it says that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Question, does the Caucasian race establish skyscrapers on the earth? Do they go all the way up into space and try to set up space stations? This is how evil their covetousness is. They still land all across the earth. And not only that, they're not satisfied. They say, you know what? I'm going to go to the moon and steal land. I'm going to claim this land for America. I'm going to build with space stations. They set their nests on high. What are we reading? The Bible. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse uh, 12 says the same thing. Woe to him that builds a town with blood, that builds a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. Did we not read in this article that the Ku Klux Klan established this town mm. by blood? Yeah. Okay. What are we reading? The Bible. We literally saw how the Ku Klux Klan stole the land from uh, the Bruce family 
and burned it to the ground and then they set up parks where people could come and have a picnic and enjoy themselves and just live life and just on our blood okay the bible is a true book now what i can say in regards to this at least they're making an attempt to fix the situation by passing this senate bill 796 um which they signed into law to allow um them to um uh, uh, at least uh, affirm the property back to the original owner but right. think about it now if they do allow them to own that property they're still going to have to suffer the consequences of dealing with what a property tax a penalty for owning that land so all those although that over a hundred years of resources could have been built up by this family where if they did own the property, they'll be able to pay off the taxes with no problem, right? Mm, but I can I assure you, yeah. you got to be a critical thinker with when it comes to these stories. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? When you think about it, that big plot of land now is by the beach. They're going to owe millions of dollars of, of uh, taxes and other things in order to just pay that. What they should have done was instead of passing a law, say, you know what? We're going to allow you to have this property and what we're going to do is we're going to give you money for the amount of land that you lost, and you won't have to pay tax on this property for the next hundred years. That is legitimate restitution. That is okay. le- legitimate repairing of, of that uh, type of uh, situation. Right. But God predicted it in the Bible that yeah. America established its city by sin, by iniquity, by blood. And this is a prime example of of this situation happening. I thought it was interesting too, that it also said that to this day, it's still 1%, less than 1% black in that mm-hmm. little part of Manhattan beach. So I guess mm-hmm. they like want to keep it <laughs> that way. is kind of the theme we're hearing here. So yeah. interesting. It's, it's like that movie, uh, that TV show them that we watch where they keep mm-hmm. people from their original property and remove the landmarks. And God condemned this in the Bible. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28, it says, remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have set. Mm -hmm. So originally that property belonged to our native indigenous brothers and sisters of the tribe of Gad. They gave that property to a Judite family, which is the Bruce family. And the Edomites came with their perpetual hatred and removed them from the land, burned it to the ground. And God says, don't do that. Don't remove the ancient landmark. So this is why God says that they establish a city by sin. Sin is whenever you break God's laws. And this is clearly written that one should not steal property through covetousness. It's part of the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? I thought we was a God-fearing nation. It's part of, think about it. It's part of the Ten Commandments. I'm going to read that commandment real quick because a lot of people claim to be followers of God, especially in California. So we're going to read that law because this is not a suggestion. It's a law. It says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not means don't do it. (laughs) Right. Okay. So not even the Ten Commandments are they doing correctly. So is America a godly nation according to the Bible? No, 
<laughs> not at all in um, god we trust god bless america mm-hmm. interesting but it, it just shows you too like how long are they going to be able to keep it they're probably going to try to sell it right probably more than likely you know um yeah. and it's it's an interesting case so you know it's like 70 years later i mean like that's crazy not not seven years i'm sorry 100 years later because we're in what 2021 yeah. Yes. And that happened around 1912 or something like that. Yes. So that's over a hundred. Oh, geez, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that they were able to at least get the uh, two oceanfront parcels back um, and get it, you know, uh, get it back from the county and, and all of that, which is a uh, good win for the family. Um, I do hope that they're able to have the resources to maintain that property and, um, you know, uh, own it for perpetual generations. So, right. You would think that, you know, it's a thriving part of town. Like they could do the B Airbnb thing, which is really Mm -hmm. popular. So there's another story we want to cover. Okay. So this other story is about a historic NAACP case whose judgment was recently overturned. Now, this is 70 years later, writing a huge wrong, which impacted the lives of several people. It is known as the Martinsville Seven. And so the Martinsville Seven were a group of seven African-American men from Martinsville, Virginia, and they were convicted and executed in 1951 for raping a white woman in 1949. At Here we go time. again. <laughs> and so at the time, all but one were between the ages of 18 and 23. They were quickly tried in six separate trials. Two were tried together and each was convicted and sentenced to death. It was the largest mass execution for rape that had been reported in the United States. So that's like historic, the largest mass execution. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's called genocide. What else? That's that's, that's xenocide. Yeah. You know? Think about it's, it. They're always doing that, right? You have some lily old uh, little Edomite girl talking about somebody raped them when literally that never happens. It maybe happens 1% of the time, but majority of the time it doesn't happen. They always cry and foul when nothing occurs. Like you could be walking down the street, just minding your own damn business. I, did you ever see that video on um, on uh, YouTube where this old like like 80 year old Caucasian woman was like, rape, rape. And the guy's literally like standing there with his camera in his hand, like recording her. Oh and God. he's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I'm walking my dog and you're sitting here screaming rape and I'm just recording you. You look like a dummy right now. Oh, that, wow. Those are the ancient Karens. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what the, that was the easiest way for them to get a black man killed, lynched, persecuted. And they have a perpetual hatred. But continue on. So... And that's an interesting thought, but we'll put a pin in that one. And so on recently, just this past August, August 31st, 2021, the state of Virginia pardoned the convictions of all seven men 70 years after their death. And so my thoughts and prayers are for the families that were affected by this, because this was 
seven different families, some in the same family and some that were interrelated. Um, you know, Francis D. Sales Grayson, Frank Hairston, Howard Hanston, uh, James Luther Hairston. So these are relatives, you know, mm, brothers. They were. Um, Joe Henry Hampton, uh, Booker T. Milner, and uh, John Clayman Taylor. So my thoughts and prayers are with the families that were affected by this because this affected them for decades. It did. And now I actually came about this story watching TikTok, oddly mm-hmm. enough, and a, a guy had put together a video, you know, talking about a lot of videos where people are talking about different historic items and things like that. And then at the end, he says, you know, the reason why I'm talking about this is because they just overturned it. And I think it had just happened that day or something in August. And I was like, oh, wow. And so I had just clipped it and saved it. And then, um, so yeah, I just um, was really, I had never heard of this story. It kind of reminds me of that Netflix movie or the Central Park Five guys it kind of reminds you of that and like some of these guys had confessed to something that they didn't even do so you know it was a forced confession course they probably were you know hemming them up or slamming Mm -hmm. their head on the table can you Mm -hmm. imagine what type of questioning that was back Mm -hmm. then abuse torture um think about it um like what you just mentioned about the central park five Mm -hmm. the same modus operandi the same mo white woman edomite woman accuses them of something right and then next thing you know with no type of due process of law with no type of investigational background they didn't even take the woman into a secluded area to try to get a, a, a qualified statement like where are your witnesses what happened this that they just took her word for it and then they went for heads that's what they do right. another example of that is the Tulsa race riot massacre yes. right where a violent red Edomite mob burned a vibrant black family and community to the ground which is crazy which is insane and then dozens of other black towns that have been erased off the American map, not by just burning, but some of them burying them under water. Okay. So this story going into the Martinsville seven, a group of young, you know, Judite men, African-American young men accused of rape by a white woman and a woman probably got off and, and, you know, went to her grave. This is not something that happened like, years and years ago okay because the reason why i say that is because the uh massacution ends in martinsville case this was talked about in the 1950s right okay my father was born in 52 my -hmm. mother was born in 57 Mm. so people make it seem like these stories are so way off in the past like Oh, no, we still have living relatives that have been impacted by the evils of that time all the way to to this day. Yes. And I have scriptures, but I'm gonna let you finish reading on the article and then we'll we'll go into that. The other part is about just what they have done since then. 
So it said altogether, the courts held about six assembly line trials. One trial had two defendants who wanted to be tried together, which I'm assuming would be the relatives. Oh, right? the brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the brothers. Sense. And then it says one right after the other and no trial lasted more than one day each. Think about that. Is one day a significant amount of time for due process of law? No. Mm-hmm. They just accused them and said, all right, one day, let's go through the court proceedings. Very next day, we're going to kill them. Okay. That's, that's what they did. That's how they did it. So they had, they had, um, they had uh, taken off all the black jurors, right? And they had 72 jurors for the six trials that they had. And all of them were Edomites. All of them were white. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you have a criminal case, right, where one day to process the case, and then 72 different people in six different divisions, and they're all full of hatred, not one single person was like, no, they're not, this is why when people say, oh, not all white people are racist, when they get into groups, they have that herd mentality of revenge, you may have one or two instances of kindness where they'd be nice to you at your job or not. But when they get in that herd group mentality, it's a wrap. It's like, really? think about it. <laughs> think about it. Think about it psychologically. Okay. When you have a, a, a lone single wolf, right? The, lo- the lone wolf will be kind to you when you give it food, when you give it uh, resources, it'll be nice. But then if you get a pack of wolves, and the pack of wolves see that there's an advantage in their pack and groups, they're going to go on the offensive. They're going to go and attack. That's what happened. Right. The all-white jurors convicted the Martinsville Seven and sentenced them all to death Right. in, in no more than two hours of talking about it. So within a day, it took them two hours to figure out that these Black people were guilty. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And see, today, a lawyer would have said, oh, that's not fair. And they may have pushed the issue. But of course, back then, you know, whoever their attorney was would not have done such. So Mm -hmm. did they get a fair trial? You know, probably not. Yeah, of course not. Because after after everything transpired, then they said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Let's uh, rub it under the table. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we killed them unjustly. But, you know which tells me again that the Bible is a true book, but I'm gonna let you finish before I get into. No, no, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, and then I guess there were attempts to appeal and Mm -hmm. they were all rejected, you know? And so Mm -hmm. they, uh, U S Supreme court refused to hear any of the appeals. They rejected them without any review Mm -hmm. lawyers. um, So the NAACP did try, you know, to help, the families of the Martinsville Seven at the time, because, you know, look, we had Thurgood Marshall out there, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't look at the year, but that had to probably be historically right. We had some Black attorneys with the NAACP. Obviously, the NAACP lawyers were trying to make attempts, but we just got the door slammed in our face every exactly. single time, every single time. Exactly. And they weren't given a fair trial. It wasn't impartial. The whole entire environment was hostile. They were threatening the men to kill them. Okay. They unequivocally just put them to death and gave them death sentences based on an accusation. You see, in the Bible, when someone is 
uh, uh, accused of a crime, you have to have two or three witnesses. You don't have just one witness give a testimony because it's against the laws of God. Okay. And it's funny because I have the scripture pulled up right to this exact verse. This must mm -hmm. be the creator showing me to reveal this. In Exodus chapter 23, it says, Thou shalt not raise a false report. Thou shalt not raise a false report. So when an individual comes with one witness, that person more than likely is a false reporter. It says, Put not thy hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. So when it comes to criminal cases, you can't have the accuser being the one to convict the accused because verse two shows what happens. Thou shall not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shall thou speak in the cause to decline after many to rest judgment. So what they're doing is they're twisting judgment by having one witness, and then they're getting a multitude to campaign for evil against these men that were mm -hmm. completely innocent of a crime. And this proves to you that so-called European white supremacists have a perpetual hatred towards the children of Israel, the children of God, Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans. Just an accusation from their women can, from Karen now, this is an old-fashioned case of Karen's, gone wild okay karen's gone wild just accusing he looked at me funny and then all of a sudden it's like okay well we're gonna put seven even brothers so their whole family line was mm. put to death watch this ezekiel chapter 35 this goes into the ideology of white supremacy because remember we said everything is in the bible esau the way they think is in the bible uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 35 and verse five says this, because thou has had a perpetual hatred and has shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time that their iniquity had an end. The time of our calamity is the time of slavery and onward, right? It says that the Edomites, Esau, right? They came into our cities, they laid it desolate, and they have a perpetual, not love, but hatred towards the children of Israel. And they shed our blood. Was this the case for these uh, seven? Yes, it was right. by the force of the sword. So another text of scripture going into how they do this, because not only do they do that for, uh, uh, for our lives, but they also do it in regards to our lands as well. Like the Holy Land, Jerusalem. Right. Just like we talked about that property that was stolen from black folks in California yes. was the same thing that they did in the Holy Land, where they chose it and claimed it for themselves after we got kicked out of our own land. Watch this. Mm. Ezekiel chapter 36, because one may ask the question, if you are the real Jews of the Bible, why aren't you in the land of Israel? Watch this. It says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God. Surely in the fire of my jealousy, God is jealous, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of all the heathen and against all idumia, all idumia. If you look up the word idumia, idumia is the uh, Greco-Roman word for the Greeks and Romans, Esau. Idumia is Esau. Esau are the Caucasians, okay? It says, against all Idumia, which have appointed my land 
into their possession with the joy of all their heart, with despiteful minds to cast it out for prey. So we see here that the scriptures teaches us that the Idumeans or the Edomites, the so-called white man, according to the Bible, has stolen not only our land, but killed us in the process mm-hmm. because they have a perpetual hatred for the children of Israel. This is called white supremacy. Uh, Amos chapter one, verse uh, 11 says this. This is what God says, because somebody may say, well, I thought God was a loving God. Why doesn't he forgive them for their transgressions? Here's what God says. Amos chapter one, verse 11. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions, meaning three sins of Edom, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. So God is saying, look, I got four reasons why I'm not going to turn away the judgment that's coming to America. You could build your spaceships and try to go to Mars and the moon and Jupiter all you want, but judgment is coming based on what God says. Watch. It says, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because he did pursue his brother with the sword and cast off all pity and his anger did tear perpetually and he kept his wrath forever. Does not the Caucasian race, even after slavery, even after emancipation, even after all these laws of integration still show even after the Trump era, that they have a perpetual hatred, that they chase after us with the sword. Today, nowadays, we have we call it the gun, right? Mm-hmm. And they cast off all pity for us. God mm-hmm. shows us the mind of white supremacy. God mm-hmm. says, I'm not going to turn away the sins of the wicked because they do not want to change their ways. They will keep their wrath perpetually. Like in that outcast song, forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now in Job chapter nine, verse 24, it says the earth is given into the hand of the wicked, meaning the Caucasian race, whoever the wicked is, they're going to be the one running the earth. Okay. So now the Caucasian race, they're the ones that are going around with their white supremacist hatred, showing the truth of who they truly are. The Bible is a true book. Mm. Now, there are solutions to this. Even with all the atrocities that uh, we're facing here in America, having land taken from us, being falsely accused, we do have salvation and solutions as well, according to the Bible. And I want to get into that briefly before we close. Yes. Uh, so Luke chapter one, Christ gives us the solution in the Bible of what's going to happen for us as a nation of people. Luke chapter one, verse 68 says this, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. For those listeners that do not know, the Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans are his people. We are the chosen people, the Israelites, according to the Bible. Verse 69, and have raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we, that we, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. 
So Christ, his purpose is to save us from our enemies, from the hand of the white man, from the hand of the Arab man, from the hand of the Chinese, all these nations that put us in the slavery, God said that he would save us from them. Jeremiah chapter six also states that point. And I'll find that real quickly. Jeremiah chapter uh, 16. Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse 21, it says this, 16 verse 21, therefore behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. So the most high is the one that will save us, and we will know that he is the Lord. On the day of recompense, when he comes and saves his people, then we will know that he is the Lord. He is the one that is going to be our salvation. He's the one that's going to save us from the hand of our enemies and of all that come against us. Now, what must we do as believers? Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. Revelation chapter 18, verse 4 states this. It says, come out of her, my people. And I heard, I'm sorry, let me start from the top. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. So God is saying to us that the end result that's going to come to America and all the nations that had us in slavery is that he will send plagues upon the earth as a way to scourge the enemy and to save his people. And with that, I say shalom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That was a lot of information, but definitely gives perspective. So mm -hmm. um, definitely appreciate that um, interpretation in uh, Bible reference. So love how you do that. That's so cool. <laughs> awesome. So um, we will have the forefronts information listed so that you can check out the forefront podcasts individually as well as the woke by accident podcast as well as music from the forefront yes also a musician guys so um check that out and we thank you for listening <laughs>